I got laid off and 11 days later, I launched johnlimber.com. Hmm. I, I didn't know what I was going to do with it. Uh, basically what I did is I just started writing blog posts about social media stuff, marketing stuff, whatever I kind of knew at the time. Right. And eventually I started focusing a little bit more on Facebook marketing. 2012, uh, I, I always see this as a big turning point. 2012, I think it was February. Uh, Facebook timeline for pages was rolled out. Welcome to the Innovative Founder, the show where entrepreneurs get real. real. These are the raw, the gut-wrenching, often hilarious, sometimes shocking, and definitely entertaining stories of innovative business founders who are making their beautiful dent in the world. No BS, no posturing, and no narcissists allowed. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the unscripted adventures on today's episode. Now, here's your hairless hosts, Bob Regneris and Brandon Boyd. Hello, founders. Hey, founders. Welcome back to the show. So good to have you today. Excited about today. It's going to be a good show. Bob, what's going on in your life? Well, we... um... What's the coaching? Well, you know, it's interesting. Um, obviously, this is airing after the season, but as of right now, we're, we're mid-season. Um, Friday night, we had a big game against a, a rival. We ended up winning that game by one. The next night, we traveled to another rival and got trounced. And uh, it's interesting because this is a good group of guys, and we are we are having to have discussions about consistency and showing up each and every night and not having excuses. Right. Mm. So we had to go on the road Friday night and then Saturday morning, we had to get up early to host the middle school teams at our school. And, you know, we had a team breakfast and then we had to get on a bus and there's all kinds of excuses built in, but bottom line is we got to show up and we got to compete. And sometimes we don't give enough and the results speak for themselves. Mm. So it's an opportunity to teach some 15 and 16 year old boys about how to show up consistently day after day, which is ironic because that's kind of what we talk about with our guest today. Yeah. yeah <laughs> um, I don't even know. I don't even know what was going to go there, but that's how it works. Be It's yeah. like, um, you know, our, our guest today, John Loomer talked about, I mean, the dude has been blogging for how many years? 11, Gosh. 13 years. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he's had a membership site for, for that long. Um, but he, that we'll, we'll talk about John in a minute. I know you're, you're about to get on a plane to go somewhere much warmer than you are yes. now. Yes. So one of my one of the groups were part of baby bathwater. One of my favorite groups. I've had a lot of people, a lot of guests on here from that group. I'm uh, going to go there to Cabo and enjoy a few days. I'm excited. I'm doing a, a presentation on uh, video and content marketing down there. Excited about that. Um, giving giving some updates on what's happening and and uh, going to do some snorkeling, some hanging out, Ooh. some good conversations. So yeah, looking forward to that. Good Ooh, they have like is there like a reef there or a protected yeah. area for snorkeling? Yeah, so, so we we have this kind of this area on the beach, and they do different tours. So there's a there's kind of a reef, a rocky area there. You can go and do some snorkeling and and photo taking. So cool excited about that. Good we week. um 
there, there was a golf tournament on this weekend out of Maui and um, we had one of the best experiences as a family in Maui. And one of the things we did was it was not snorkeling. It was called snuba S N U B A. So it's, it's scuba and yeah. snorkeling merged. So what we were able to do without being, you don't, you don't have to like be scuba certified, but there is a, there is a floating device on the surface with an oxygen source and then okay. you have a 25 foot hose that w- with a mouthpiece, just like you have if it was connected to an air tank mm-hmm. and you've got a weight belt on and you're able then to dive down. So they create the neutral buoyancy with with the weights and you're able to go up and down as if you're uh, scuba diving. Mm. But you you so like you can float on the surface, but then you could kind of let air out and go down. And so you could explore 25 up to 25 feet down. Yeah. And in the clear waters, I bet of Cabo and the clear waters of Maui, it was like amazing to see the colors below the surface so that was an amazing experience being in the salt water it's just like come on like are you kidding me can you think of anything more therapeutic to being in warm salt water and floating you're super buoyant um yeah just uh, i'm so excited and i just have a particular love of sea creatures and ocean life so it's it's a big thrill for me Um, that's gonna that's gonna be great yeah can't wait to hear maybe uh maybe on the next podcast we'll get an update then yes perfect Cool. Well, again, so it's really cool. Um, the guest we have today is somebody that I have I have been paying monthly, Brandon, since August or no June of 2014. <laughs> I I have been okay. a subscriber and a member of John Loomer's Power Hitters Club Elite for that long. And John, I follow John. I became aware of John because he's a, a Facebook expert. And yeah, I'm a Facebook expert too, but we also follow each other. And John's particular skill, in my opinion, is that he stays on top of everything that's happening. I'm not really good at that. And John is really good that every week he does a webinar. It's a 30-minute webinar. And he basically fires off like what's new, what's happening with Facebook and Instagram. And it's just a great resource to stay on top of what's happening. And John has been doing this well before I started paying him. And it's just, it's an amazing testament to to longevity and consistency, which is a, a topic that we we div- you know dive into today. Um, uh, he's been blogging. He's like he is he is somebody that is a model of consistency, and he's got a very stable membership. Um, people who just stay with him a long time, and he's very much like you and I, Brandon. He's he's soft spoken. He's a Midwest person. He's all about educating people, right? Um, he is not, he is the opposite of a marketing narcissist. Mm, right? mm-hmm. Like, yeah, he's, he's the guy we love. Yeah, he lives, no. he lives near Brandon. <laughs> um, and he's, he's been a baseball coach for the last 16 years. So we get a little, we, we, we talk a little bit of sports, talk a little bit about coaching and then just talk about his story as he has a moved out of college, a philosophy major who got a job with the NBA. You, I, I can't wait for you guys to hear this story. Yeah. Um, so we want to, uh, stop talking about him and actually introduce you to him. So here is John Loomer. Hey, founders, welcome Welcome. to the show. Really excited to have our guest today. John Loomer 
And we just know that there's so many things that are the same about us and so many connection points. <laughs> it's going to be a great discussion. Um, Brandon, we may dive into sports more than you're comfortable with. Sports. Is that <laughs> which ball are we talking about? The little round one? Yeah. Well, oblong shaped one. John's is a little round one. A round mine's, ball. Mine's a larger orange one. Larger orange globe. That's okay. a good one, too. Got it. Yeah. I'm I'm in it. Sports balls. Let's go. There's there's a lot of connections. So the first connection, uh, John, you're you're in Parker, yeah, Colorado, and and yeah. most people know by now, Brandon's from Denver. Um, how long you been in uh, Colorado? So, um, man, oh man, my wife and I got married in '99. Immediately moved to Lakewood. She's mm-hmm. from Colorado, uh-huh. so lived in Lakewood, Littleton, um, until. We moved to New Jersey for that NBA job in two and basically 2016, but end of 2015 into 2016. So we were in New Jersey for two and a half years before coming back. Have been in Parker since 2008. Okay, awesome. details there. Yeah, a lot of Midwest awesome. transplants. Comes yeah, that that's the other thing we can comment. Brandon and I are, you know, obviously I'm I'm born and bred in the Midwest. Brandon's from the Midwest. Um, you know, but. uh yeah, it's it's funny. We know so many people from that area. Maybe it's mm. just it's it's always kind of funny, but you know the fact is we have a lot of friends in the Colorado area, Chicago area, Austin's another hotbed for us. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, transplants, right? Yeah, that so makes many sense. like that. Um, but it's always cool to you know you when you share that in common. So we'd love. First of all, John is one of the guys that uh, I have. I've been a member of your power hitters club for years, <laughs> like years. When, when did you first start the power hitters club? Well, we're at episode, what, uh, 447 or something like that. So you divide that by seven and yeah, you, that's how many weeks it's been going for the weekly webinar. Yeah. And I've, and I've, I've seen most of those episodes. So that's, that's really cool. Um, yeah. So that, that's something John and having in common. John, John has just been a, a, he's, he's been a workhorse in terms of Facebook advertising. And I rely on John to keep me up to date with what changes because it changes too quickly. So yeah. um, I, 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 I love that you do that 30 minute show every week to just keep us on top of things. So, yeah, yeah. and the fact that you've done it each and every week for that long, dude, that's like, talk about a thoroughbred um maybe more of a workhorse i want to be in a thoroughbred it's like a workhorse dude like and then you even when you're out of town you record something for yeah so to be clear yeah like there there have been days or times where it's been like on christmas or something like that so i'll I'll pre-record it make sure everybody knows and because i know no one's going to be there anyway uh, live so it's like come (laughs) uh yeah but i I, that's i'm committed to it and i know that's you know part of what people sign up for so yeah and your story is just it's a really cool story and we're going to dive into it first thing we just love to hear from you john what's what's excited for you right now like what are you jazzed about personal life business life doesn't matter what's going on that's jazzy jazzy up well it's just lots of change for me right now you know so I, I'm a father of three boys. And like as, as we talk right now, my my oldest is heading out the door, um, heading back to Texas Tech. He's a senior at Texas Tech. Uh, my middle son is uh, he's a freshman at Mizzou, at Mizzou. So big changes. My my youngest is actually a freshman in high school. So I go from 
having a very active house and uh, <laughs> you know boys 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 yeah. uh to it's very gonna be very quiet again mm-hmm. um and you know i think you guys know I've, I've been a baseball coach for 16 years but now that my youngest is in high school i'm hanging up you know that responsibility at least for now and so focus like for the last several years really my thing has been building my business around give me the freedom to spend more time with my kids watch them grow up participate in their lives coach their teams and as they've gotten older that coaching becomes more and more and more intense and crazy uh and just engulfs you um to the point where i really considered myself more of a full-time coach part-time entrepreneur at, at the end there and truthfully i kind of needed to spend more time on the business so that's kind of an abrupt stop once that came to an end in the summer and end of the summer. And uh, so focusing more on business, but, you know, trying to evolve, right. So my business has been <laughs> around for 11 years and realizing I got to make some changes and do some things differently. I'm doing video, which is like, asked me six months ago, if I'd ever get into short term, short form video, <laughs> I never thought I would. And here I am. So it's, it's kind of exciting though. What's been um, some of the major things that you've had to adjust, self having to adjust in your business in this landscape we're in right now, especially with the onset of AI and and uh, events of the last couple of years and Facebook kind of losing their mind. Um, what what are you doing? What are you shifting? The biggest, honestly, is is the video side. Yeah, because look, I when I started my business, I didn't really know I started a business and I just, I did what I knew how to do. And I just wrote and I wrote and I wrote and I wrote and, um, that helped grow something, um, before I knew I was growing anything. So I was getting lots of traffic pretty early on because I was writing almost every day. And I mean, I wrote, I think like 600 blog posts over the first two years. So, the result of that was Google loved me and it, I kind of took some things for granted. Like, uh, it's really easy. I'm going to have 10 to 15,000 people on my website every day. And my email list is going to explode. And I can, whenever I want to sell something, I just say, Hey, I'm selling this thing and most yeah. people buy it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's how it is. It's easy. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, creating the, the whole business model around the membership and everything, but it's kind of, I've had this conversation with people a few times over the last, you know, several months and that, especially if you've never built a business before, your focus isn't on building a business for 10 or 20 years. Your focus is just on building like, like, Hey, I don't have a job. This is awesome. Like, <laughs> I can make it work, you know, make it work. So I just, you know, you kind of assume that you can keep doing the things that you've always done and it's going to keep working the same way and really kind of realizing, I I feel like COVID really accelerated everything for a lot of reasons, Mm. Um, but partially just, I was in a weird frame of mind during that time of like, I don't love selling in the first place. And now I'm going to sell to all these people who are telling me how they're having trouble with their business and losing their jobs and stuff. So everything kind of accelerated. Now just realizing, you know, I've got to evolve. And mm. for the longest time, I'm like, you tell me, hey, links don't work on Facebook. I'm like, crazy. Like I shared a Facebook. I still get all this traffic from every link and all that stuff. I'm going to keep doing what I do. And it, it's not that it doesn't work, but it's like combined with the fact that Google doesn't send me because it's not just like so much about Google. It's like people use the Internet differently. Mm-hmm. Like, Back, you know, five, six, seven, eight years ago, 
not that video wasn't a big deal, but people are all in for the uh, long tutorial, thorough, deep dive, explaining how to do something blog post. Yeah. And that's one reason why I was, you know, unintentionally doing really well, like, uh, cause that, that was like my style. And these days, short, short and quick, got to be a video if you can, not that blog posts don't have a place, they still do. But it's realizing that if I want to reach more people, I am shrinking my audience by just focusing on the people who want this long tutorial. So mm. here we go, video. Uh, well, it, welcome to it, my life. Yeah. And it's really interesting, John. One of the things we found is at the top of funnel, when you're when you're talking to people that don't know you, short form is king. Here. But then there's this whole thing where once they start following you, long form becomes what they like longer youtube videos longer articles like once they determine that they like you and yeah. they like your stuff then they want to go deep i mean you know the joe rogan podcast like what two and a half hours like people are people are certainly willing to dive in and go deep with people that they've developed a relationship with um but you know your story is really cool john a a, a business partner brandon and i scott started a, a, a blog in 2008 in the mortgage industry. And basically he just committed to write articles every day for two, yeah. three years. Right. And then yeah. you said it, Google loved him too. Right. And, you know, everyone's like, Oh, we got to trick Google. We got to have all no, no, like Google just loves really mm -hmm. good content. And when you have one thing that's really impressive about you, John, is you like you really and you are looking to educate and inform an audience and Google loves that. Mm -hmm. And so the content you've produced, you know, maybe it's not as powerful it was, but that content is still drawing people in today, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. No, look, I, I, it still sends me about a thousand people a day. Mm. Um, but uh, truthfully, yeah, look, um, I never had an SEO strategy, which I know right. sound, would probably sound crazy to a lot of people. Yeah. But all I did was try to inform and educate people on how to do stuff, which coincidentally does really well in SEO because people are typing in, how do you do X? You know, tell me more about this thing and I'm, I will tell you about it. So, um, yeah, I mean, that, and that, truthfully, um, what I did though with blogging, um, it's the same concept for anything. So as I get into video, I have to be committed. I realized this stuff is hard. And if you are looking for an immediate windfall of, oh, you are awesome. And here's a bunch of money for creating your great video today. <laughs> you did the right thing. Now create once every week and you're going to be fine. That doesn't happen. You've got to, it's got to be an every day. Um, yeah. So that's something that I've had to make part of my routine that it's going to happen. Because um, I, and I, and I realize it's the same concept with blogging that it does pay off. Um, and, and honestly, along with your story about how impactful that is, luckily, because it is hard to measure the success of video, at least I found. Yes. But, but luckily, what I've had, I, I had some a few experiences that made it very clear to me within the first couple of months. So I, I've been publishing these reels and, and TikToks. And, and yes, I was seeing, you know, way more engagement on Facebook and Instagram. I really hadn't even used Instagram other than a Facebook ads placement for years. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, I was just sticking to it, but not really thinking much of it because I wasn't driving traffic with it or anything. I started getting people signing up for one-on-ones 
and for Power Hitters Club, my private membership, and telling me they were there because of the videos. Not that the videos sold them anything, but the fact that they kept seeing my face, educating them on this thing. Um, but this kind of strange part about it, though, too, is that most of these people, if not all of them, were people who initially followed me years ago. I kind of fell out of their feed because I was stubborn and was only sharing links. And they thought I yeah. went somewhere. They thought I disappeared. And all of a sudden, I showed up again. And then it reminded them. And then they signed up. Mm. So it is, it's super powerful, hard to measure. It, you have to stay committed like any kind of content. Mm. Yeah, we we uh, got off a phone with a client last week who said that it's and and this is this is a problem for us, John, because like we sell video and it's really hard to sell ROI to people, right? It's yeah. like because they're used to like, oh, you put ten dollars into Facebook ads and you get a hundred dollars out, which was really easy for me to sell to my Facebook clients. Video is a little bit more difficult, but here's what happened with his story is. He said that, you know, he committed to doing video and he's putting videos on on LinkedIn. He's putting them on an Instagram and his sales guys notice when he, when mm. he slacks off, mm. right. <laughs> the phone stopped ringing. Right. So there there's, there's, it's not maybe that, that like to the penny reconciliation right. that you get, but it's this like, Hey man, the phone stopped ringing. Did you not post videos this week? And he's like, yeah, I was too busy. So, I mean, that's what you're talking about there is there's a noticeable rise of the tide when you stay consistent with it. You stay consistent. And I think something in the help that I, I started following people who are similar frame of mind and that I could connect with who weren't like heavy salespeople they kind of, they were people who had made it a certain level. I don't, I don't even know how you measure it. They obviously had a very engaged audience. I'm like, so I'm, I'm definitely learning from what they did, but they didn't sell their soul and they mm -hmm. never provide a link. They never say link in my bio. They never were selling their stuff. Mm -hmm. They were just educational and helpful. And that, that was validation to me. That, that took the pressure off. Honestly, it's like, okay, I don't need to, constantly do this. I don't need to measure the traffic. There are, there's, there's other rewarding reasons for doing this. And, um, I think once you look at it that way too, instead of constantly looking at your Google analytics and everything, like, Oh, how many people came from this video? Um, it takes the pressure off, but it also, your video is more valuable. Like, especially if you're in TikTok, they don't want to leave TikTok. Right, they're, they they're can't. In the app. It's so right. hard to get sucked anyway. into vortex. Yeah, right. So, but that yeah. doesn't mean. But the, and I look. I'm old, kind of old school in that I am analytics nerdy, and I'm always looking at my Google Analytics and traffic, and that stuff's really important. So that was a really big adjustment for me to accept that in the first place. So that's okay. Um, I think once you do accept it, the world opens up a little bit because now it's like, okay, well, my only focus is provide some value, show up every day. So they think of you, um, you know, when they have a problem that arises that you can solve. That makes sense to me. It kind of reminds me of, uh, of a diet. You can need to, you know, in the beginning, you can be really, really granular about calories or macros or micros. And that gets really old after a while when you overall, if you're eating healthy, if you're, you know, if you're weighing in once a week and, and mm -hmm. how do you gauging, how do you feel, um, I, th I think there's, I think there's a lot of parallels with, with content is yeah. I think what freezes people up or can freeze people up is like, okay, if I do this, 
is it going to get me like Bob said, like ROI? And it's like, you're asking the question too soon. Um, you're building a relationship with an audience. You're seeing what kind of response you get in your, your next video you make off the type of responses. And that, yeah, maybe once a month or a couple, a couple analytics, what's getting more attention? What do people want to learn about? Mm -hmm. um, but I think um, paralysis can happen when, when they're too granular with, with counting the numbers. Well, and, and this is encouraging for, for John. So, I mean, if you, if you're, if you're watching this, I mean, John is like middle, middle, like middle of the country, like salt of the earth type of guy, baseball hat, you know, Brandon's in his beanie. I'm in my coaching sweatshirt. Like it's just three kind of like chilled back guys, um, high empathy, like love teaching. And so it's discouraging for people, John, maybe like you to be like, well, there's no place for me on TikTok because I'm not flashy, right? Yeah. I'm not going to do all the fancy stuff. So it's encouraging for me and and for those that are listening that are are, are are like you that have genuine affection for helping people and want to teach and just and our our content forward right without flash and without pizzazz um i i think it's it's a testament to that that there is a place for each type of entrepreneur and your type is is sounds like is equally welcome at the table uh of tiktok is that has that been your experience absolutely i think uh in a way, things haven't changed. Because when I started this whole thing, I, I consider myself an accidental marketer. I don't really like <laughs> selling my stuff myself and, yep. and whatnot. Um, I didn't, I was a philosophy major for God's sake. I mean, I, I wasn't into sales or business or anything like that. It just happened. Um, but when I started all this, I know the first thing I ran into is ran into, which I think was helpful. So I want to separate myself from all these guru ninja people who are like made all these guarantees <laughs> and quick fixes, get rich, all that stuff. $10,000 worth of bonuses. Right. And it, it, so for the same reason that was helpful to me, I think back then, because people wanted someone who was different from all of that. It's true now too. Like, yeah, you're going to get, people are going to go viral because they make a lot of guarantees and make things easy because that's just the way the world works. But that doesn't mean there's not a place for just down to earth truth and in fact, and, and being a good person, right? Yeah. So that stuff works too. Now, I think ultimately I would also say, and this is also, I think the perspective on this depends on whether or not you've gone viral, but I don't think it's a big deal. I don't think you really want to go viral. I haven't gone viral um, with, with my videos, but because I don't, I don't think it's necessary because what I don't want is having a bunch of people who follow me because I did some crazy video, uh, crazy dance or something. Uh, don't care about. Uh, I'd follow you I'd, to see you dance. I'd follow you, John. Okay. <laughs> but, but, but as long as you, I get you, you know, still like my other content. Great. Right. <laughs> but the problem is I think, you have the danger of, okay, you get all these people following you, but they don't care about your core content. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there's a balance in there, right? So I, I think there's some people who have some really big engaged followers, uh, followings partially because they just been doing it day after day after day. And maybe occasionally things hit a little bit more than others. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a bit of a game, but at the same time, I don't mm -hmm. think we should get lost in it, you know, because I think we all want that positive feedback. I'd be lying if I could, if I told you I could still create these videos every day 
and it, where it just goes into the void and I get no comments, no views or anything. That would be freaking hard. Yeah. Um, so yes, I can't measure everything else. It's still nice to know that there's an audience there that's watching it and appreciating it. And that's kind of like the main thing that keeps me going right now. Hey, loving this conversation with our friend, John Loomer out of Colorado. You know, John is, is such a great person to follow. He is a model of consistency. Um, he is, if you want to follow somebody that is on top of their content game in terms of educating and keeping people in tune with a topic, John is one of the people, like I said, I have been paying John for almost 10 years now. John is somebody that I have enjoyed following, learning from. Um, the, ba the best way to stay connected and to learn about John is to go to his site, johnloomer.com. And that's J-O-N-J-O-N-L-O-O-M-E-R.com. That's the best place to start. And you can follow him on all his socials once you get there, johnloomer.com. Now back to the show. You're listening to The Innovative Founder. Now, back to your hosts, Bob Rickneris and Brandon Boyd. So you used a term, John, uh, you're, you're kind of an accidental entrepreneur, accidental marketer. So let's, let's dig into that a little bit. Um, so you, you were a philosophy major in college, which is just like super duper helpful in the job market. I imagine. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> well, it, it prepares you for nothing, but everything at the same time. Right. <laughs> I love that. I saw that. I'm like, tell, tell us, I want to hear a little bit about that. Yeah. Like well, I'm, I'm a big what is, what is college's like for, for a philosophy major? Right. A lot of reading, a lot of pontificating. <laughs> yeah. So I went, I went to liberal arts school. So regardless, it was going to be a lot of reading, a lot of writing, which helped out. Right. So yeah. no matter what, and, and ultimately I, I didn't go to college to be a, a philosophy major. I was actually an English major because they didn't have journalism. And after three years of just hating reading old British literature, I'm like, why am I doing this anymore? And like, I actually enjoy reading and talking about philosophy and writing about philosophy uh, and so I'll just like take almost all philosophy classes my senior year. And then that's my major. That's pretty much what I did. Um, uh, but look, it, when you talk about logic and ethics, which are basically the core of a philosophy major, um, and just thinking about things differently and kind of challenging the way you think about things, doesn't matter if it's about the philosophy of life and religion or anything else. It's just about, so I think I found it to be very valuable to every once in a while ask, so wh why do we do it this way? You know? Um, and, but, so I think it's good for uh, problem solving and writing and just uh, challenging yourself in the way things currently are. Now, hmm. whether that's true, whether that truthfully led me to business in a positive way, I can't really tell you. I mean, I've done a lot of writing and been comfortable with writing for most of my life. I've got parents who are both teachers. Uh, that's part of it. But uh, well, yeah. it had to have been worth something, John, because you flipped it into a job with the NBA, right? The National right? Basketball yes. Association. Say, my life and is you really worked hard with Samuel explain. L. Jackson. That's my, I want to hear about that yeah. dynamic. My, my life is very hard to explain. So <laughs> after my wife and I got married, I, I just took the first job I, could, I was 24 years old I took the first job I could get I worked in insurance 
and wow, I wow. could not stand it. Um, you loved being a telemarketer. There was a time you just, tele- that was so, like, that so was, that was my calling, first, that was my first, first like, job while my wife was still, before she was my wife, while she was still in college. Um, yeah, we got married young, but, uh, as a telemarketer, I was the worst possible telemarketer you could be because I hated telemarketers. Like, oh, I, yeah. They tell me no. I was like, okay, have a good day. <laughs> and thank and, you. Uh, yeah. So I was awful. I uh, did that for like six months. It was, it was a terrible job. But I, I would also say it's very, very valuable to have a job that you don't like. Because um, you, you won't be spoiled later on when you end up getting that thing that you really enjoy. You start to understand what you really want to do. And then you don't take it for granted. So yeah, John, I knew I knew yeah. that I did not want to be a career janitor at a at a senior living facility. There you go. Because I because I did that for a year. So oh, wow. I can imagine. So, but anyways, when I was in insurance, I was so it was, it was very helpful that I was bad at it. Because one thing I, I needed a distraction, and that was fancy sports. And it made me honestly a really terrible employee. Uh, yeah. there are actually some st- stories about that uh, where I got in trouble with my internet usage. <laughs> but I actually started back when we had right, like dial up. Is that what I'm thinking? It, what I'm no dial up. No, no, no. You actually no. had the kid. It okay. was, uh, it was, you know, yes, 99 to, you know, 2004 ish. Okay. Right. But um, so, you know, at home we all had dial up, but they didn't have dial But uh, so I was, I was starting to write for like Roto World. Roto World became, was Roto News. Roto World ended up being bought up by NBC. Yep. But um, so I, I did like updates and blog posts and stuff for them. I ended up actually starting a website for myself back when that was a really big deal. Uh, even though like I have no idea what my traffic was or anything. Um, and I think that's what ultimately led me to the NBA because that seemed like a big deal that I started my own website. But um, it's again, my story is crazy and long, but I, I was working for insurance, was doing all this fancy sports stuff, started my own website. Then my son was diagnosed with cancer. Our oldest son was diagnosed mm-hmm. with cancer. I kind of got out of all of that just to be a grown up adult person and yeah. focused on, you know, important stuff. Um, and then like a year passes. I'm sure probably everybody knows who he is these days. Matthew Barry, uh, who's been all over the place in fantasy sports, ESPN yep. and otherwise. He reached out to me. He's like, "Would you be interested in running fantasy for the NBA?" I'm like, mm. "Wow, yeah. yeah." So he was consulting for them at the time. We both wrote for Roto World at the same time. Okay. And so, uh, at in my, I remember my wife was out of town for something at the time. So, like, I applied for it. Didn't even tell her. Like, I'm not going to get this job. This is crazy. Um, and they end up you know, find me out, interviewing me and all that stuff. And I ended up getting it. And I can't, again, I think the fact that I actually started a website and all that was a big deal back in those days. Um, so 24, 24 you know, years ago, that is a, that was a big deal. A yeah. deal. Yeah. So now we, so we go from doing something I absolutely hate to now I'm working, have my own office and in, in NBA entertainment uh, headquarters uh, overseeing fantasy games. And it was a crazy crazy little whirlwind two and a half years three seasons so it was pretty awesome and samuel yeah. jackson and all that stuff yeah what like, how, like give us a samuel jackson story tell us yeah, that like, there's so many things like did he cuss man, at you did he use the f bomb oh, multiple times so, That's so background I'm just curious so, you know 
so there was a, a NBA cares fantasy basketball league, um, which is one of the things I was, I want to say, I don't know if I can, I was, I don't know how much I was in charge of with that, but uh, I guess I was in charge of the functioning of the league. And then there are other talent people who were in charge of, uh, you know, contacting the talent to get them involved in it. So like Samuel L. Jackson is one of those people. And so I was part of it, but people are going to be surprised to know that the, many of these celebrities don't actually manage their own teams, that they have somebody from the NBA. I, I hope I'm not spilling some crazy secret Probably uh, not. for them, <laughs> but, but Samuel L. Jackson was still involved. So sure. um, I still, I will always remember, I wish I had a camera and, or video record or audio recording device at the time being on the phone with him drafting his team. And yes, he talked exactly like Samuel L. Jackson would talk, <laughs> making fun of George Lopez's picks and all this kind of stuff. Um, and lots of F-bombs, but super nice at the same time. Yeah. Uh, so, so really, it was a lot of fun. I mean, the brushes with celebrity, you know, from that, from like, uh, I, uh, I actually went as a writer to all-star in Las Vegas. And so like being a, up close, like I was super nervous though. Right. So it's not oh, like sure. I was up there like, Hey, and asking all these questions. I was pretty much there with my microphone and writing stuff down, but like, you know, LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, all these people were, were there at that time. Uh, I just, you know, I'll, I'll never forget it. It was, it was pretty nuts. It's hard not to be a fanboy in the midst of that, even though if you're working, I can imagine exactly yeah. i mean um you know it, it gives you a little perspective you know dealing with those people because yes they are just people yeah and and, yeah. and you kind of walk away with that understanding that um but yeah it was it was pretty insane i mean i still look back at that time and it just feels weird that it even happened like it it makes no sense really in the scope of my life that that, <laughs> that, that happened how how did i end up here yeah, it's such, a, and, it's such a cool dynamic job, and and I only did it for three seasons because you know at the time, like, like I said, my my son had a, a year prior had been diagnosed with cancer, had, but and so he had all these doctors and whatnot, and we were going to have to move and get entirely new doctors and that whole. Mm. So really, and then you know my wife's family was all in Colorado, so we had nobody out in New Jersey. So this was pretty much an agreement up front that we're going to do this because it's going to be beneficial. And honestly, it was beneficial for all of us. Like okay. going from Denver to being in a place like New York, New Jersey, completely different world, different cultures and everything. Big change. Uh, big change, which is, I think, beneficial. Uh, but we knew it was going to be short term. I, 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 it was during that time when like still people weren't really working from home. And I just begged them to let me do it remotely. Uh, it did not happen. So we left after that third season came back. All right. John, and then I got you... laid off twice after that. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, so, you know, I was scrambling to find, like I, was, I worked for a, a game developer yeah. uh, startup, did that for six months, got laid off. I uh, worked for American Cancer Society in a VP of strategic marketing role, which was kind of a experimental thing did that for a couple of years, got laid off. And that's, but ultimately like, it was that just to say you work for the NBA. Like I used that forever. Like it, that, a lot that of really gets that. people listening. You know? You're using it today. We're interested in it. It's cool. It's, it's great. It's good. And, it's fun. 
it's, a, it's in my bio and I, I think that you know that's a no matter what um that has led to other things it's been pretty cool and and it's because i worked for the nba that we partnered we partnered with facebook back in 2007 when there were 50 million people on the platform that i got that exposure and made me comfortable with it that led me honestly to what i'm doing hmm. So it's okay, if you're comfortable talking about it, can you tell us a little bit about the experience with your son and, and mm-hmm. answer you a lot of times with interviews we do, you know, as we talk to different founders, there's always some point in, in life of a disruption and, and, and the lessons learned from that only if it's comfortable. Is that, is that yeah. something you're, you can talk about a little bit? Absolutely. Um, so he was two and a half years old um, at the time and he had been going through some breathing problems for for some time hmm. um and you know they misdiagnosed a few times certain certain things and i mean i still remember you know getting the call from my wife when she was she was in an ambulance because they wow. went to the uh, pediatrician and took an x-ray and found a mass in his chest hmm. and uh so he's fine, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the he's the oldest son who's 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 at Texas Tech. But um, awesome. So awesome. And he's and he's going to be a doctor. He's in, he's, wow, he's, you know, he's perfect. In, he's going to med Amazing. school. He's going to med school next year. But so he, it was neuroblastoma, which is often a terrible t- prognosis. Uh, but it, he had it was encapsulated. It was golf ball size, lodged between his aorta and his spine, and he was just super lucky that. It didn't like in they he needed some pretty sensitive surgery to get it out. <sighs> um, but that was it. I mean, he had to go, you know, get checkups, which were always scary because yeah, he'd eat a banana or something and it would elevate levels, and they're like, Oh, you better come back in and get checked. Yeah. Um, but he was he was fine, and here we are, he's 21 years old and getting ready to go to med school uh next year, and super awesome kid. But it I think it changed changes his perspective on life, and I mm. like he is definitely one of those uh, leave leave nothing on the table. Like uh, yeah. he he All works his butt off, but he has a ton of fun. He's mm. an adventurer. He loves skiing and hiking and all that kind of stuff. Um, but you know, I think it also helps shift our perspectives as parents about you know remember what's important, and so that's. Mm. You know, over the years, that helped shape some decisions as well. So, you know, after that MBA job, um, I was like, you know, being I, I want to spend as much time with them as possible. So, you know, actually, the first job after he got diagnosed um, that that I had was, you know, I worked like a block away from home uh, before before uh, the MBA thing happened. Um, so. Honestly, the ABA took me a little bit more away from home than I would have liked. Mm-hmm. But um, after that, like everything's been, I need, I want to work from home. I don't want to move. So like once we got, once I got laid off that second time at all these opportunities, like job applications and stuff, and you need to go work here or you need to travel a lot or whatever. I'm like, no, um, don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to spend as much time with the, the families I can and. And so that's ultimately what led me to just like, you know, not giving in and ultimately starting a business. Mm. Mm. And so that's, that's 
this crazy journey of the last 11 years. And, and so John was the first business kind of the, the, the whole idea of helping people with Facebook. Well, do you understand? Like, I didn't, I didn't think I could start a business. I didn't know I was starting a business. So hmm. I got laid off and 11 days later, I launched johnlimber.com. Hmm. All right. I, I, I didn't know what I was going to do with it. Uh, basically what I did is I just started writing blog posts about social media stuff, marketing stuff, whatever I kind of knew at the time. Right. So, um, and eventually I started focusing a little bit more on Facebook marketing. Uh, 2012, uh, I, I'll see this is a big turning point. 2012, I think it was February. Uh, Facebook timeline for pages was rolled out. And I wrote just a whole bunch of articles on all the various changes that were happening as a result of Facebook timeline for pages. Um, and then, you know, if like we were blowing through savings because um, my wife stays home with the kids as well and is really super, has was always super active in their schools and everything. So um, pressure was on me. Um, and, but, I, you know, I started we were just running through savings. I was, I started to run ads, Facebook ads to promote like my page and, and traffic and stuff. But again, I didn't, I wasn't selling anything. Um, I really didn't even know what I was doing, <laughs> uh, but I was learning from that, those Facebook ads and what I was doing. So then I started writing more and more about Facebook ads and that ultimately became what I realized it's, it makes total sense now that that should, that should be, a topic to talk about and not only Facebook ads, but advanced Facebook ads. Cause then you're going to get people who are spending more money, but it was, you know, about a year after I started really until I finally launched my first product. I mean, I was, I was, I finally was making money through affiliate stuff. Right. Mm. So I'm, I'm not a big fan of affiliate marketing because I think there's a lot of shady stuff that happens with it. But basically what I was doing was like, I am writing all this content, getting a lot of traffic. And this is the software I'm using is basically all it was. Mm. It's like, if you yeah. want to use it, great. And then I made a decent money from all of that. So, but then eventually I was like, wait a minute. And I, I actually started selling ad space on my website. I'm like, well, wait, wait a minute. Like I might be able to make money from this ad space too, if it's so valuable to everyone else. And then I tried selling stuff and it was really surprising. Cool. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Um, you know, I think there's there's a lot of people have a resistance about starting a business and and think, you know, there's got to be you've got to have this plan and you got to have this oh. education. And, you know, you just jumped into it, you know, and, and didn't have any doubts. And, and oh, I had doubts. Well, I mean, well, <laughs> you had doubts, but you were kind of forced into it. You're like your situation kind of forced you past all that. Like there's, there's something super valuable there. Um, but I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of courage and there's a lot of lessons to be learned in just starting and just Just doing it. Right. And and, and you don't have to know everything and and you could be, I think that's the encouraging thing, Brent, is that like John was just moving forward. You know, when you're in a position where you're eating up savings and you got to make bills, like sometimes it paralyzes you. But I mean, John was just basically like, Hey, I'm going to start doing something. I'm going to do anything here. Um, and I, I think it's just encouraging again, John, like you don't have to have a master plan always, right? Wow. Like sometimes, no, I want, I want to say oftentimes the universe rewards you for movement, right? <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, right? Isn't that kind of yeah. what what it's what it feels like, John? Yeah, I think so. And I think again, I'm biased in this response because I'm not a big planner of things, but um, and I do kind of wing it a lot. But I think when the world is constantly changing, and like you could not have planned everything. Well, I guess some people could argue this, but like everything's happening with Chat GPT and AI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> right. Yeah. Sure. So you have to occasionally just like respond to whatever's going on in the world and yes. like, oh, that's that's something I need to know about. Let's talk about that now. Um, so, yeah, when it came to, you know, finally just creating a product, like I, I didn't have a product. I just like, hey, I sent a there's a PayPal button. I set up a PayPal account and I think it was like, my first one was like, I'll review your Facebook page and give you recommendations of what you should do. I think mm. there's a Facebook page okay. review, but there's no commitment on my side of it. Like if no one bought it, I get, there's, you know, there's nothing that I put into it really, except for creating that PayPal account. So I sent out that email and people started buying it. And that was my, the start of a true business where I actually had a product. And, uh, but yeah, it was that resistance for so long. That's like, Oh, I, I don't know how to do this. But sometimes like you can do just something bare minimum to get it going. And that's mm. get momentum for sure. Yep. Hey, everybody. Hope you're loving the show today. Um, so interesting what John is talking about with the, the uh, necessity to do video on Facebook and social platforms. And even a seasoned Facebook expert like John is still finds resistance around wanting to publish video. Hey, we get it at Feed Stories. We've been doing this now for all over six years, I believe, and we get it. There is certain resistance around getting live, getting on camera, telling your story, but let us put you at ease. Uh, it is easier than you think. And understand this, that you, who you are, your message, your passion for the problems that you solve cannot be replaced by an AI tool. They can't be replaced by someone. They, they can't be substituted. So, and that's what we do at Feed Stories is we help capture that essence of you and what uh, problems that you solve in the world on video and then publish it out to the people who will most likely benefit from, from knowing you and your product or service. So if it sounds interesting to you, if it sounds like there could be a fit, please reach out to us at feedstories.com. Bob and I would love to get on a call with you and see how we can incorporate video into your business. Now back to the show. You're listening to The Innovative Founder. Now, back to your hosts, Bob Ricknaris and Brandon Boyd. So, John, it, it is incredibly challenging to run a subscription business. I know many people like want to go like, oh, it's like they want to do it. They want to start a membership site, right? And things going out of, in and out of fancy, like, right. But but you've been doing it now for over a decade, eleven years. Did you say you've been running I, I, a description business? Well, the, the business itself has been is eleven. Well, I say the business. The website itself is over eleven years. The uh, the Power Hitters Club. It's like nine plus years. Yeah. Okay. Tell us about that. Tell us about that. So yeah, I mean, it was one of those things again, where it's like a recommendation from a customer who had bought a training course from me. I'm like, look, you should you should really start a membership. And I was like, I didn't know what that would look like, but truthfully I did. I did need to start a membership because for anyone who's in kind of that info space, like you create a course, that's where your revenue comes from. And you have this big buildup for that course. You do that course and you get a yep. bunch of revenue. And then 
the interest in it dies out and then you got to create another course. It's like, it's so mm. inconsistent. So I needed something that was more dependable. Um, and that's, that's the power of a membership where it's monthly recurring. So I started that. Yeah. Quite a while back now. Um, originally just as a, a Facebook group and a weekly webinar. I don't think there was much more to that. Cause I think even those yeah. people initially I was, they had like a special price for training if they wanted and things like that, but there wasn't much else. So, but yeah, it's been, it's a challenge though for anything to keep things fresh. And yeah. so that's kind of where I'm at now. Cause yeah, I've been doing it for a long time and there's a, that urge to oh keep adding things. So that's kind of what I've done too. So like, um, we, we do strategy sessions, which honestly, I think are the most valuable thing for Power Heroes Club Elite, where we just had it this morning. Every Tuesday, it's like an hour-long session. Those who show up, hey, we'll just talk about whatever it is you're dealing with right now as a group, and we'll solve each other's problems, right? Um, do that. Every every Wednesday is a, a weekly webinar. Do training. You get access to all my, my training live and, and replays and whatnot. And I was like, okay, well, you know, what else can we do? So I was like, okay, now there's like special discounts on one-on-ones with me. Uh, but there's all there's always this urge of like, okay, we got to keep it, you know, people buying, you know, what yeah. new thing can we do? So that's that's been one of the challenges though. Have you um this is maybe more of a selfish question, but um with with what Facebook did with iOS 14 and some of just some of the tox the toxic environment around the elections and things like that. Mm -hmm. Have, have you seen some challenges related to that being a Facebook expert? Yeah. Okay. Um, look, I think, uh, there's all this, it's kind of loaded in my answer in that, um, I, I was often seen as a Facebook fanboy mm -hmm. who, defend, who defended everything they did. Mm. um, for for years and like people accuse me of getting paid by facebook and things like i never bought yes. facebook stock i never i like i have been very careful not to even have a relationship with facebook like i've never been to facebook headquarters like if you ask me like oh you you need a contact at facebook to get, do some get something done i'm like i can't help you mm. um and i've intentionally done that now but that's it yeah there was this kind of perspective percep perception um because i generally trusted what they were doing uh, the, the elections stuff uh, really started getting me in a direction of, you know, doubting them more. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, and also it's like, you know, the way the algorithm works, um, I, I long was like, oh, well, if if you like this content, you'll engage with it and you'll see more like it. That's good. But the reality is like truly it can manipulate you. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and, 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 the, and, you know, kind of mental health side of Facebook and the algorithm I started seeing is problematic. Hmm. The iOS stuff honestly just created an opportunity more than yeah. anything. Um, uh, because anytime things get harder, um, uh, people need help and it becomes a discussion point and something to talk about. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been a challenging and then you know, honestly, COVID, uh, it's been a challenging, few years for sure yeah. uh, you know in this industry well it's funny when, when i published the the ultimate guide to facebook ads in 2020 the the types of questions i got shifted from strategic tactical mm -hmm. type stuff to 
almost being, I, I found myself being a spot for people to vent about how much mm. they hated Facebook. <laughs> I still every week get an email from somebody I know, sometimes people I haven't heard from in a couple of years, reaching out to say, hey, my account got banned. Mm -hmm. Who do you know on the inside? <laughs> right? I hear that all and, the time, yeah. And it's like, you know, it, it kind of got to a point where it was like just so, it was like so off-putting to me. You know, I've, I've separated myself from it a little bit because I just, I was like, I, I'm, not a, I'm not a Facebook apologist. I'm not yeah. here to like, like I'm here to help you leverage this media. And, you know, I think one of the biggest gifts I got was back in 2016, I did get to go to Facebook headquarters, <laughs> but what they did, John was, and, and people know this story is that all they talked about was video. Like in mm. 2016, they were basically, they admitted like, Hey, we're a video company now and we're <laughs> going to prioritize video. So that's why Brandon and I are together is that yeah. Facebook kind of steered us away from the platform as a thing to the creative as mm. a thing. That's been our saving grace is focusing on the creative. So you know, similar to you, it, it's like you kind of like see where the tide is going and you, right. you kind of make yourself malleable to being pushed in different directions. And, you know, that certainly leads you to opportunities. And sounds like you just continue to do that, too. Yeah, I wish I would have listened back in 2016 regarding video. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we all get to that point eventually. There are a lot of people right now still scared of video. So mm. I'm grateful that we're doing it. Yeah, well, Brandon and I are trying to convert the masses, but you know, it's sometimes it's slow. You know, something <laughs> I'll, I'll, we'll definitely need to talk about some days. I'm just curious because it, it becomes so much work. Yeah. Um, between because I'm still blogging, I'm creating you know a couple of video, one or two videos a day. I'm trying to continue. Like I'm, I know the importance of podcasts. I get it. Like I kind of, it's another thing I kind of took for granted was my podcast over the years, and it was really hard to measure. Um, but I'm going to get back to doing long, long episodes for that. And like, I'm, you know, on your guys show, I'm trying to be on more people's shows and, yep. and like, oh yeah, you got to edit up your, your show to create little videos for TikTok and reels and everything. It's just like, yes, you could hire a team to do that. It's just, but it's so many things right now. And <laughs> yep. it's just, it's so much. There, and there's no there's no right answer but there yeah. there is a right answer for everybody yeah um i would i would love to change course a little bit because if if we didn't talk about coaching we would yeah. our listeners a disservice yeah. so john you you had mentioned oh. was it 13 years coaching baseball 16 Six, years. 16 years so what you may not know about me is I've been coaching for 37 years. I've been That's coaching basketball. I've been coaching basketball since I was 16 years old. That is right? nuts. And I'm currently a high school boys sophomore yeah. coach at my alma mater, um, heading out to practice after this interview, which is pretty frequent in the winter. So awesome. I would just love to hear Brandon is always like I take things for granted, but Brandon is always picking my brain on like what are the parallels? What are you learning? Yeah. Oh. Um so <laughs> Brandon, maybe you should ask John those questions. <laughs> yeah. Like, so like, what do you want to know? What, um, so what parallels, what have you taken from coaching baseball and, and coaching, um, um, that age group 
and and brought into your perspective on business, on life, philosophy. You are a philosophy major, by the mm. way. Just as a reminder, I know <laughs> there's some, there's some deep thoughts in there I that we got to get out of there. I don't remember a lot from those days. But, <laughs> but do you have a personal philosophy? Have you created a personal philosophy based on coaching, based on, you know, having to deal with the things you've had to deal with in life and, and business and starting something from scratch because you had to? What what are your tenets? What are the what are your your core beliefs? Oh, boy. We, how many? How much time we have left? <laughs> Take what give you need. Top, give us the top one to three. Give us give us one the, the one that you keep coming back to maybe. Truthfully, the the comparison between the two, I, I I talk about it a lot. Honestly, it's like in kids, it can be um, amplified a bit because you know they're kids, they're emotional, they get frustrated, but like they can practice and work hard and not see the results or not, or they can have like a bad game or a bad week. And they think they think they're doing something wrong and they need to change. They, they, they think they got to tweak certain things um, or they get lucky. Uh, they run into <laughs> a few balls, hit some shots and they think they're amazing yeah. Um, even though they're doing things wrong or like they ignore the coach's sign and swing away and hit a double and they feel like, oh yeah, I should keep doing that. So much of, you know, baseball and sports in general is like managing the highs and the lows, understanding it's a process, right? So you just spent all these hours and days and weeks and months training and practicing and you struck out three times a day. Mm. How the hell does that happen? Mm. Same thing in business. It's like you can do all the research in the world, all this preparation. You launch a product and no one buys it. Mm. You know, mm. um, it's just understanding of staying the course. I mean, I, I see that as we're talking about, you know, blogging and <clears throat> video. It's like you're not going to see the daily reminders that there's a, there's a good reason that you're doing this. That it's, it's paying off. Right. Um, but if you do it every day, no one else wants to do it every day. Mm. No one else wants to put in that work. Um, I'm going to get emotional here as a, as a dad of, of smaller kids. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but it's hard when you're, when you're like uh, 12, 13, 14, everybody yeah. else is growing and getting big. Yeah. And you're not. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and those kids, like they could have horrible, um, horrible mechanics and they're just hitting bombs, uh, you know, because yeah. it's like they're strong, they're stronger than everybody else. They're bigger and stronger. Yeah. And you tell this kid who's been working his butt off, you know, that you're doing a great job, even though, you know, your, your batting average is nothing like his or anything like that. You tell him to stay the course. It's, it's the same. It's very similar. Like some people have the built in advantages and, mm to kind of like overlook those things and know that like those little guys, they keep putting in the work. It will pay off. They're going to grow, right? They're going to grow too. So um, and like seeing my, my middle son is, as he started to grow, especially in just the things he did playing baseball. It's pretty fun to watch. So it's, but it's a, it's a process. Business is a process. Life is a process. And it's just managing the, the ups and downs of it um, is really the toughest thing just as a human. Um, but it, that, I think coaching has given me a lot of that perspective. And, you know, 
I think the biggest thing for me, the benefit of like having a son who uh, was a cancer survivor and coaching and, and stuff that's really intense, like parents take it super, because we're at a really high level. Parents take it super seriously. Kids take mm -hmm. it like, it's not that important. Like no one cares what you're doing at 12, 13, 14 years old. It's, you know, whatever. And just trying to have that um, foundation that you're still just playing a game. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, it's that's all over a place to answer your your questions. No, that's in a very perfect. Emotional way, but, no, that's yeah. perfect. Thank you. No, so that, much for that was honest. Heart. That was honest and pure, John. That was Completely. that was really wonderful. It seems mm. like a good spot to end there, John. <laughs> um, but just your 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 heart is really pure, and uh, just it's really good to get to know you in this way. Um, really, would love for you to share um, where people can follow you. I, I know, obviously people will follow you for Facebook advice, but you're doing a lot of other things. You're, you're talking more about business and digging into some personal stuff. So tell, tell people where they can find you and, and learn more about you. Yeah. I mean, the place to start is johnloomer.com. Um, I mean, that's the home for everything, but I am pretty much everywhere otherwise now. So TikTok at John Loomer, Instagram at John Loomer, Facebook's John Loomer digital. <laughs> um, I do have a podcast and, uh, this year, so, the last year or so, it's been mostly as a, I've been doing short episodes and, and especially since I started video, it's been like repurposing a lot of the videos uh, into that quick two minute podcast episodes. But I've committed this year to actually recording long, long episodes again. Um, so that's where honestly, you're, you're going to hear a lot more of the the business stuff. Cause I have John Robinson, who's my backup CEO and business manager and family. Uh, we talk and just talk like I never know what he's going to want to talk about, but it's always some business yep. related stuff. So yeah. we're bringing that back this year as well. So. Well, that's awesome. awesome. Brandy, let's give him the one last question. The one last John. So we'd like to end um, our shows with uh, we call it the 60 second rant or the soapbox where you get to just vent or rant or preach or, pontificate about anything you want for 60 seconds it can be people who drive in the left lane how they drive you nuts it could be um something you'd love for the world to know something you feel deeply about that maybe needs to shift but it's your opportunity to you get a soapbox and a microphone and a megaphone what do you say stop bunting i mean <laughs> look yes I, if yes. You, I, don't care, I don't care if you're like little league high school or pro or in life stop bunting stop. like everyone sees this as being some big sacrifice good job johnny you put the ball in play and you got the guy to move up another base even though he could have stolen it anyway and we got an out congratulations you know swing for the fences dudes i mean like i'm so tired of bunts and i'm, I'm glad that for the most part a lot of fans are figuring it out but there's a lot of old schoolers who just don't want to change um, and think that bunting is the way to do things. John bunting is, is not the way to get ahead in life. John, this just touches me at a deep level. Oh, this is great. My, my buddies and I were diehard White Sox fans. We have a chat. It's just an ongoing thing where we just sound like little old ladies complaining about our team. But <laughs> having Tony La Russa, an ancient, ancient manager who believes that bunting is key to success. 
Oh my goodness, dude. Like you can't imagine how frustrating it is to give up outs in the day of modern baseball. What is, what does the hat say? Never bun. There it is. Never He's bun. got a never bun hat. Love it. So I, I gained a it. reputation as a coach because we didn't have a bunt sign and it was actually kind of a joke. <sighs> um, and it, it was always a joke too. Whenever like, you know, we'd have a little kid coming up to a plate and the other team would be like, Oh, come in to the third baseman. Come in. Like, dude, yeah, come in, go ahead. Like he's going to hit it, hit a rocket at your face. But so we never bunted. Uh, Some parents didn't like that. (laughs) It's it's one of those things like to me, what it does more than anything as a coach is it shows a lack of confidence in the kid that he can. And the, the truth is, look, bunting can work, but the amount, the amount of practice you have to do to bunt well takes away from other things. Like mm-hmm. I'd rather you learn how to hit, you know? And, but the other thing is like them, like we play teams that bunt all the time and they would bunt foul and waste a strike or they'd bunt, they'd bunt and get out. I'm like, oh, out. thanks. Thanks for giving us an out, I guess. Yeah. I think I could start it for me. There are two things where it started for me, that perspective. I mean, the Brewers had Ron Renneke as a, as a manager. He bunted yeah. all the time. It's yeah. Just, it's, it started, I started to realize like, this doesn't make any sense, but also, you know, being a kind of like a stats nerd, like the more all the saber stuff took off and starting to hear more and more like mathematically why it didn't necessarily make sense. Like, especially at younger ages where it's like, there's so many ways to move. Like, why would you try to give them an out? Like you could steal, there's gonna be a pass ball, there's gonna be a wild pitch, you know, like crazy things happen when you just put it in play because they make errors all the time. Like, anyway. This is great life advice. Automatically my most favorite rant ever, John. Yes, yes, Never bind, swing for the fences, don't settle, damn it. Damn it. Oh, love it. John, you're a treasure. Thank you for sharing yourself today. Thanks guys. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to The Innovative Founder with Bob Regneris and Brandon Boyd, a show featuring the real stories of entrepreneurs making their beautiful dent in the world. If you like the show, let us know by leaving a rating. If you're an innovative business founder yourself with a story to tell, then you might just be our next guest. Reach out to us on InnovativeFounder.com and tell us your story. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time on The Innovative Founder.